Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Hired Geek Podcast, episode number 66 with Samir Qureshi, uh, the CEO and co-founder of Knack, who I've had the pleasure of working with over the past several months uh, doing some content creation. So uh, really excited to talk more with Samir and hear a little bit more about his story and uh, just really how he's focused on building a uh, mission-driven company uh, within the high-red world and how he came to work uh, in this unique space with Knack. So uh, definitely go check them out and everything that we mentioned down in the show notes. Uh, but thanks for listening. And without further ado, this is episode number 66 with Samir Qureshi. Cool. So let's uh, yeah go ahead and dive in. And we will start off as we always do. I know, of course, uh, as it always goes, we know each other a little bit. But I um, just want to introduce yourself to the audience and give a brief overview of your uh, professional journey and how you got to be where you are today. Cool. Yeah. Um, Samir Qureshi, co-founder and CEO of NAC. Um, and a little bit more about my professional journey. Um, I graduated from the University of Florida uh, in Gainesville in 2014 and um, had the opportunity to work at some really awesome companies, companies like Apple and Gartner, a large market research and technology advisory firm, um, and really sort of was excited with um, the application of technology in terms of uh, driving a strong social impact in, in different realms and education had always sort of been a big part of my life. Um, I'm a first generation immigrant, uh, moved to the U.S. when I was seven with my mom and my sister, um, really to, to sort of chase the proverbial American dream and get an, uh, a college degree at some point and, and go out into the workforce. And so um, you know, I, I had always sort of valued the importance of education in my life and, and, um, what it was able to do for, for myself and my family. And so after working in technology for a little while, um, I got a little bored at, at the larger companies and felt like it would be, uh, more up my alley to, to work on something where I felt like there was a stronger impact in my work. And so, mm. um, sort of started to apply the principles of sharing economy with, um, this idea of, uh, building a peer-to-peer -peer network for educational purposes on college campuses, uh, which ultimately led me to building NAC with an uh, incredible team of 10, 10 other folks. Very cool. Yeah, and that's, that's how I have come to know you is through your work at NAC, which is uh, some pretty awesome stuff that you're uh, getting up to there and just um, yeah, appreciate the, the opportunity to learn more and kind of contribute to uh, – you know, the, the kind of uh, early stages of your company through writing and stuff like that. And um, just looking forward to all the cool stuff with that. And we'll, we'll dig in a little bit more with it uh, a little bit later on here. But um, I guess, yeah, I'm curious, like, uh, you know, maybe it was like uh, connections that you made or just like any anecdotes or like advice that you learned um, from when you were in college that you feel like are like still resonating for you today, personally or professionally. Because um, it seems like you got off on a path that you've, uh, you know, eventually kind of moved away from and like, but obviously perhaps still, still learned valuable things that are still transferable. But, um, yeah, I guess anything that comes to mind of like impactful things from your, from your own college experience. Yeah. So, um, you know, I actually earned my associate's degree, my two year degree in high school. There was a really unique program that the, um, community had developed, which basically gave students pathways to achieving associate's degrees for free. Uh, and I was then able to sort of take that and transfer to the University of Florida, but was still uh, sort of that 18-year-old that age where I was um, sort of ahead of the curve in terms of, of getting that degree. So the beauty of that was 
when I got to campus, I sort of already had a perspective of what it was like to self-manage and take some courses on my own through the community college experience. Um, and I was student body president at the community college actually while I was in high school. Um, so I had a lot of, um, perspective around sort of student involvement and, uh, what that collegiate experience could be, um, you know, drastically different at the community college, state college level, but nonetheless, it was impactful. And I think when I got to the university of Florida, what really stuck with me through my, my learnings of student through student leadership was that, you know, relationships really pay off, um, over time and, and not necessarily just from like a professional standpoint, but also from a, uh, a developmental standpoint, I had the the pleasure of being a part of many different student organizations at the University of Florida when I transferred, uh, and was uh, you know involved socially in a fraternity. And through that process, I, I built some really amazing relationships, which actually ended up leading me to meeting my first co-founder, which is Dennis, who I started NAC with. Um, so I think really sort of highlighting the importance of the folks that you meet and and the the circles that you sort of mingle in, um, you know, can, can pay off both professionally and then also personally. I mean, I still stay in touch with some incredible, incredible people that I'd met in college that I could call up at virtually any hour of the day, any day of the week and say, Hey, I'm really needing you for, for X, Y, or Z, or would love to run something by you. And that sort of camaraderie that's built on a peer to peer basis is really, really, uh, powerful. And I think if you foster those relationships over time, they can then blossom into becoming more opportunistic for for things that that could present themselves in the future and in my case that was that was starting NAC. so relationships are valuable and i think um really fostering them in a genuine and authentic manner can can allow for a lot of fruitful uh sort of results down the road yeah yeah absolutely um and of course it's yeah like you never would have known at that time that it's like oh this person may be my co-founder for a company someday <laughs> but like yeah it's just like you never know and it's just a beautiful thing you know when those things can happen and um, I think it is a perfect segue for uh, just bringing us to the present day and your current work. So, um, you know, you are doing like really unique things within the higher ed landscape of, like you said, kind of, uh, I mean, really, it's like amplifying tutoring kind of uh, capabilities or just like the outcomes um, of tutoring services at universities. And I'm just curious of like the work that you're doing now and whether it's just doing, you know, this sort of work in terms of uh, peer tutoring specifically, or um, just being like, you know, your own boss or whatever, you know, like being, you know, like leading people, like, what is it about like the current work that you're doing that's keeping you like energized and inspired and just, you know, things that you just really enjoy about the current work you're doing now? Well, I definitely have a boss and where, where <laughs> <laughs> everybody does, right? Yeah. <laughs> founder and, and, and uh, a CEO of a company, you know, I really feel like we're accountable to students ultimately. Mm, and I think, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the buyers of our product are the administration and oftentimes provosts or deans or uh, VPs of student affairs and academic affairs, but ultimately they're trusting us with their 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 students. And I think what's really exciting about um, the work we do today is that, you know, we're not necessarily, just because we're growing our profit, um, you know, that's it's very much incongruent with the impact we can have as an organization. And I think there's something really special about aligning the incentives so that the larger your business gets from a from a growth, uh, you know, market size or sorry, market penetration and revenue standpoint, the more of an impact you can have on people's lives. And I think what's really special about NAC, and I think honestly, what keeps me going every day is the idea that, you know, they're very much in line. So if I'm going to focus on on doing some sales meetings, uh, ultimately, if if that deal gets across the finish line, it means we have an opportunity to impact people's lives 
in two ways, right? The, na- the nature of the peer-to-peer work that we do means that a student isn't just getting help on the receiving end, but another student who's best positioned, sometimes uniquely positioned to offer help, has also uh, received a an opportunity of, of financial mobility, right? Or even if it's service learning or volunteer-based, which some campuses run this program as a, as a volunteer-based sort of activity, there's some growth that takes place there in co-development, as we call it. It's not just, you know, maybe Dustin uh, tutoring Samir. I'm not just sort of receiving the help that I need to go on and retain as a student, but you as Dustin are probably, um, you know, building a really strong relationship and also honing some of those 21st century skills that everyone's sort of talking about, teamwork, you know, collaboration, critical thinking, problem solving, which can then ultimately set you up for not just success, you know, in college and, and within the academic landscape, but then obviously for life, those are skills that I think uh, higher ed has, has been talking about more recently as being really essential, not just in the academic sense, but also for lifelong. And so, you know, sort of our our mission and and um, tagline, even as a company, which is grow together, is sort of how do we align the incentives so that everybody's benefiting and and folks can contribute to this process in a way where everyone wins. And I think because of that, again, it, it's awesome because if you know, we impact more students, we usually end up signing more customers. And if we sign more customers, we get to impact more students on both sides of the equation. So I think that's what's really exciting. And um, again, as having that sort of first gen perspective, um, I had never thought I would be working in, in education, although it was such a such a big piece of my life in terms of why I came here, you know, why my mom made some of the sacrifices she did and um, and, and why I was, uh, always sort of trying to figure out my next path and in, in terms of getting a degree, this was really full circle for me to say, you know what, I think there's an opportunity to leave a corporate job and really devote, uh, time, you know, effort, blood, sweat, and tears into this, uh, to just see it, you know, really come to fruition and watch people's lives light up from the standpoint of getting that degree they always wanted and passing that class that was just so difficult for them. But then on the flip side, having that form of economic mobility where, they were able to offset their student loans or instead of being an Uber driver or being a barista, they could uh, honestly, you know, offer their skills back to their peers on campus and, and earn that same sort of, uh, uh, you know, side hustle or income to, to, to be happy and successful. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. So much good stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's what I love, like stuff that, uh, you're kind of plugged in with or aware of and like the, just that impact and making sure that you're achieving, uh, that outcome of like, you know, tutoring done right. And in a thoughtful way can really be so beneficial for the tutor and the tutee and like, you know, all those sort of things. And like, uh, yeah, it's just like being like really conscious about that and, um, having that like personal residence of your own path and like just helping to kind of pay it forward. Um, certainly similar sentiments that I have of like working in higher education of like, you know, I got so much from it and being able to, uh, you know, help impact other students' success and the, you know, in any way that I can, um, just has a lot of, uh, has a lot of meaning and definitely helps, uh, keep me inspired. So, um, I guess I'm curious on, on any of maybe those like concepts that you mentioned that are sort of themes of, uh, the outcomes that you're hoping to achieve with the, uh, you know, the campuses and the students that you work with, like, what are you geeking out about? If it's like, I don't know if you, uh, really plug in with like reading or watching or listening to, content on those sort of topics or any other just like personal hobbies or things that you do for fun? Like, what are you geeking out about right now? And um, I guess tell any kind of story, I guess, that you have with that. Sure. Um, definitely sort of 
try to stay plugged in and, and um, well-rounded in, in many ways, but it's difficult. I mean, as a early stage um, technology startup, we've got, you know, a team of 10, but we got to operate like we got a team of a hundred. So we're mm. always sort of, uh, you know, push the envelope in terms of getting more output than, than what we're able to humanistically put in. But I think, um, what's, what's really sort of been interesting to me lately is the theme of social entrepreneurship. And, um, there's an amazing podcast, uh, hosted by NPR that I listened to called how I built this. And, um, you know, they, they bring on different entrepreneurs. The most recent one I listened to was, had a company called Allbirds. Um, they're a pretty hot sort of uh, shoe company, actually. They make what what's dubbed as the world's most comfortable shoe. Um, and their story was very much around, well, you know, they wanted to create this minimalistic shoe um, that, that felt really nice, looked really nice, um, but they also had the strong, strong sort of uh, value of sustainability in the DNA of the company. And so they wanted to create basically the most sustainable and the most comfortable shoe. And so again, sort of trying to weave those threads together of doing what's best for society, what's best for people, what's best for really the world, um, and so, and and sort of you know looking at that as your duty in business, not just of maximizing your bottom line, but also of maximizing that impact. So um, that's sort of you know one realm when you think about it as podcasts and um, sort of reading different um, uh, perspectives on social entrepreneurship. There's another really interesting foundation that I've started to really pay attention to, um, called the long now foundation. And it's a, um, it's a, a, a nonprofit based in San Francisco. That's very much sort of trying to plant the seed of, you know, taking more of a long-term approach and thinking more about larger issues and how that actually, uh, affects society versus sort of more short-term, um, you know, urgent things like maximizing profit and those sorts of things. So, um, you know, I think one of their, their main taglines is, is value the deeply important over the merely urgent. And so what they're really trying to do is get folks to think about things from a really broad perspective and a long-term perspective. So again, things like climate change, you know, um, ethical debates of, of artificial intelligence and what that means for, um, sort of the future of mankind. I mean, I think it's sort of our own duty, uh, of this generation to be thinking about these things because that has collateral effect on the future. And so I'm very much sort of interested in this sort of long-term philosophical conversation around, you know, why are humans here? What are we meant to really be doing when it comes to um, sort of contributing to society and probably stems from my sociology degree and, and, mm -hmm. and criminology, but um, I'm just really fascinated with that sort of stuff. And then you bring in the element of how does business fall into that and not that sort of you know, um, predatory business of maximizing profits and, and sort of, you know, focusing on shareholder value, but instead focusing on another, uh, shareholder or stakeholder, which in my eyes, uh, should be the world and the people that you're impacting. Mm -hmm. Well, I know like, cause like Salesforce, which I've used, uh, several times in different jobs and stuff like that. And I had the opportunity to visit, uh, their office. Like they have that philosophy of like, yeah, donating time and like money and uh, like their product to make sure that they're helping to have a positive impact. And then just like companies are really trying to infuse and like, it's like, okay, like what sort of like snacks or like cutlery do we have in our like our office kitchen? Like, let's do all that sustainably and also like yeah, invest in renewable energy to power our building and like just yep. that kind of thoughtful, uh, intentional kind of effort is very well placed and yeah, you know, like embodies the values of the company and just making sure that you're 
you know, you still can be a profitable, uh, growing company, but, uh, leaving a positive impact, uh, uh, in so many ways, but, um, yeah, it's so great that you're, uh, yeah, cause it's one of those things that I think it, it can be hard if it's like, well, I'm only now thinking of it as my company has been around for decades and we've grown and we've got really used to the way that we do things like having that mindset starting out, is going to be so valuable. I imagine just to like really set that precedent. Um, but then also, uh, yeah, I need to, I have that episode of, uh, about all birds downloaded on my phone. So I need to listen to it. Good to know that it was a, uh, an engaging one. Um, yeah, it's great. And just on Salesforce, I mean, they're a great company. I think what I try to really think about is what does the world look like if if this business or this venture became ubiquitous? And I think, mm-hmm. you know, Salesforce, you know, talk about renewable sort of resources and, and maybe the cutlery they're using in their kitchen being, you know, uh, compostable or whatever it may be. That That's great. And I think, you know, it's sort of their their take on saying, what are the effects that we're having as we grow? Are people being mindful of using, you know, sustainable materials or whatever it may be? Can we go carbon neutral? That's a, in my eyes, it's almost like reactionary based off of values. But I think if you can project as an organization at the earliest stage, what your values are, and then sort of be deliberate and intentional around forming the business in a way that uh, can achieve that, it's, it's got a different effect. So, so that Salesforce example to me seems it's great, and I'm glad they're doing it, but I'm thinking, how can you build a business where if this thing becomes ubiquitous, it's just incredible for the world? And there's amazing examples like SpaceX and Tesla and you know companies that are doing really great things. Um, Allbirds is one of them, if you ask me, because if everyone was wearing Allbirds, then that would be, in many ways, the most sustainable shoe out there in their eyes. So I think there's different sort of perspectives around how you can almost clean up some of the damage you've done as you become a bigger company and sort of have that you know, uh, opportunity to, to fix some of the problems you've caused, but then there's also the opportunity of just building a business that naturally will do good as it scales. And I think, um, a lot of folks sort of put them in the same category and I like to ensure that there is a bit of a distinction, but they're both great. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Cause like Salesforce just sells software. So it's like, like, okay. Yeah. I mean that like can sometimes help maybe like a social good organization, like some nonprofit when they donate their product, you know, to do better, like to do more work to help more people or whatever. But yeah, it's like, they're basically just wanting to be like, well, we're just a software company, but we like, yeah, like our buildings are really like energy efficient or whatever, you know, like, yeah, that yeah. is different where, uh, cause it's the idea of like seeing people and like, I'm really happy about the proliferation of like, uh, like beyond meat and the impossible burger. Cause like they've started to measure like how much of like, uh, how much more sustainable those meat alternatives are and like you know they taste very similar they present very similar so like they should be able to be pretty widely adopted and a lot of major like uh chains uh are you know utilizing them now um but like yeah like that idea of just like yeah if everybody like if everywhere had that and more people ate that like we wouldn't have to like waste so much energy and you know uh grains and just all this with like raising cattle and doing all that you know um so it's, yeah, like those sort of things. Yeah, definitely a distinctly different where like by the nature of just them existing there. Yeah, like you're saying, like their business growing just creates a more positive impact versus just like, well, we're here and we do whatever we do. So we might as well just try to be like energy efficient or something. Um, yeah, there's definitely a distinction there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I guess I'm curious, anything else? Maybe it's like just like classics for you, like go-to stuff that you'd want to um, just kind of give a tip of the hat to, but like, Anything else that you're uh, reading, watching, and or listening to? Um, any content that's you know newer stuff that you've just uh, discovered, or again, just like 
classics for you, like fundamental sort of things, anything that you want to recommend that we could include in the show notes? Yeah. Um, there's a sort of, uh, there's a, there's a podcast right now that's, uh, kind of gone viral, at least in my circles. Uh, Joe Rogan, the, the one and only, uh, was the one that's actually hosted the podcast. It's with a gentleman named Naval Ravikant who, uh, co-founded a company called angel list. And it definitely, to my knowledge, wasn't his first venture. Um, but he's sort of known as like this, this philo- this new age philosopher in technology and, and even outside of technology, just some of his, he really sort of got famous off of Twitter. He had this pretty, um, uh, pretty sort of recognized tweet storm that he did, um, where he sort of talks about and, and makes some, some, um, some statements that I think resonated a lot with people, but he's insanely succinct, uh, with what he says and it's so powerful. Um, and so, uh, I think his website or one of his fans built a website called the angel philosopher.com or .org, but his name is Naval N A V A L Ravikant R A V I K A N T. Um, and that podcast with Joe Rogan is incredible. They talk about things like AI and universal basic income and, you know, what the future sort of holds, um, with the way that things are moving. Um, and it's a long one. I think it's like two hours. Um, mm. <laughs> as like a lot of Joe Rogan's sort of unstructured, <laughs> uh, raw content. But this one was, was just really profound. Uh, and even if you just find the show notes and, and kind of, uh, peruse through them, it's really interesting stuff. And of is a, is a pretty spectacular guy. Uh, he's on my dream list to meet, but, um, yeah, no, I, I think that that's one. Um, and then, uh, I've started to, to sort of dabble back into some early philosophy reading, uh, about like stoicism and, uh, Marcus Aurelius's readings on meditations. So I've just sort of started to, uh, uh, dabble back into that sort of reading. I was reading a lot of business books for a while, but once you're sort of at the point where you're working a lot, sometimes you need a break and I'm not mm. a big person. Um, I'm always, I've always been really big into nonfiction, um, but yeah, that, that's a really interesting one. And then just other things that I'm sort of into and always trying to find where the intersection of that lies with, um, with just general happiness for me is I play music and I think there's so much that can come from having, a, a an escape or a creative outlet. And obviously for some people, it's other things, drawing, yoga, meditation. Uh, for me, it's always sort of in music. And so that's encompasses sort of watching live music, but then also, uh, uh, playing music and sometimes producing music. So it's, uh, it's been a good, good outlet for me as well, which has sort of kept me sane up until now. Yeah, very good. I actually just talked to uh, another person for this podcast that is, uh, you know, big into music as a nice creative, uh, relaxing outlet. So, um, just always funny sometimes like catching patterns. Cause also like, yeah, like how I built this and like some other podcasts, just like, I tend to talk to a lot of people who like that show, which I, I think it's a very popular show. It's a really great show too. Uh, but yeah, just funny seeing like certain patterns that way, but, um, very cool. Well, uh, I guess on the, you know, kind of all those notes that you've mentioned, you know, with, you know, your business or just things that you're, uh, connecting with and, um, anything like that, always like to end on the optimistic note, um, of anything or things that you are looking forward to in your job, life and, or the world. So, uh, anything that comes to mind that you are just looking forward to that you would like to share. The idea of being able to sort of prove our thesis. We've, um, we've been around as a business for about four years now. And first year we were really, uh, deliberate in, in building a product that resonated with students in the first three years after launching the product, we're very much focused on just going direct to student and 
having you know thousands of students use our platform across 60 different campuses in the country um, to now have institutions both domestically in the United States and internationally interested in what we're doing uh, is really exciting. Um, and I think what I'm really looking forward to is being able to to really show the the efficacy and the impact of what we're doing. So ASU is one of our customers, uh, and we're really excited. We're going to be writing a uh, efficacy sort of white paper research study on the platform and the impact it has. Uh, and we've anecdotally heard stories from our students that use the product saying how much this has really helped them, again, not just succeed in the classroom, but build really meaningful relationships and 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 friendships. And on the flip side, folks that have said, I literally wasn't able to pay my rent unless I was tutoring on NAC. And mm. uh, through that, I was able to really sort of find a path that allowed me to, you know, have more freedom by with financial freedom. So, you know, being able to sort of package up all these these data points that we've heard over the years and the excitement from the institutions and really turn that into hard data that can stand on its own is really exciting to me. Um, because I think it's pretty pretty simple to understand that as students continue to use these sorts of support services, especially on a peer-to-peer level, um, there's just so much more that's happening um, that's sometimes hard to capture. Again, those relationships that are built, the economic mobility that comes on one side. So I think really p- telling a big story with that is is going to be exciting. We've, uh, again, had instances where we can we can prove that, but to really say we were able to, to move these metrics on these campuses and impact these students, which led them to these places, I think is just a really powerful story. Yeah. Well, I think too, like I can see different, like, because I bet it's like certain things like that, you'd want to, you know, put the time forth to it that it deserves and like getting into like moments in time and phases where you're almost like doing a roadshow where you have like, you have that story, you've collected enough data, you're able to like present it in a really like engaging way. And it's like, let's like just get out there and start telling the story more. And like that idea of like, yeah, you put that like white paper together and like, you know, some people like get around to a lot of conferences and do sessions or whatever, but like, yeah, it would just be really exciting to see, like you said, like you're proving out your thesis and being able to start to tell that story more and more with just continually growing confidence because it's like, yeah, it's like been, you know, yeah, like the product's been out like three, four, five, six, seven years, you know, like it just keep, you keep having more sort of patterns and trends and information. And um, yeah, like those anecdotes and those uh, uh, things that you can share from um, the impact that it's had for students. So um, yeah, definitely something to look forward to. I look forward to, to kind of witnessing that uh, happening and uh, grateful that we've been able to uh, get connected and have this uh, really great conversation here and appreciate uh all that you've shared and we'll make sure to include ways to uh, uh, connect with all that you mentioned, all uh, the resources and stuff, and then uh, connect with NAC as well. But yeah, just appreciate your time and uh, yeah, just uh, thanks so much. Absolutely. Thanks so much for what you, you do here. And uh, I think it's, it's pretty remarkable for, uh, for, for you to just do this as a, as something for the community in higher ed. And, and I'm sure a lot of folks really appreciate the content. And uh, I know we've, Obviously, really enjoyed working with you and hope to continue that relationship. So thanks for having us on. This podcast is part of the Connect EDU podcast network, bringing together diverse voices in the higher ed community. Check us out on Twitter at ConnectEDUPod or at ConnectEDU.network. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.